Welcome to the Adios Amigos. I'm Melinda. And I'm Beth. And we are introducing a very special episode of the show, I guess, today. Yeah. We had the privilege to talk to Prentice Penny about an episode he wrote of Happy Endings, uh, season two, episode 11, Meet the Parrots. It, it's great. It's a great episode. And we were really privileged to have this conversation with him. He answers all of our Dave and Penny questions. And all of our questions listen. related to the Libmans being being the story uh, listed as as story by on every episode of season two. He he answers a lot of our questions and it turned into uh, although a lot of the conversation has to do with the episode itself. It also just turned into a conversation about the show and about their process and answered um, a lot of questions in very interesting ways. And. I think if you're a fan of happy endings, you'll love hearing what he has to say uh, about about the show in general. He talks to us Definitely. about how he got hired and everything, so it, it's a really great conversation. It's it's super informative, super wonderful. Um, there is some really strong language, but we decided that uh, we don't want to censor it. It's it's a really organic conversation, and we just feel like you know it's cool. We're cool, um, but do be aware of that if that puts you off we don't typically swear that much on the show i don't know it happened it happened and don't don't cry because it's over it's not because it happened ew <laughs> um <laughs> quote from dr seuss friend. <laughs> okay this is one where yeah we're, we're not gonna sweat the censor the censorship stuff guys it's we're good you guys are probably good it's fine. It's nothing you haven't heard before. We're good. Everything's good. I'm good. You're good. We're all good. Um, all God's children are good. <laughs> yes. All of God's children are good. Um, so this is... This Actually, is... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewind on that statement. That's a complicated thing. Let's move on. <laughs> um, this is... this Because it turned into just kind of a conversation about... Um, the episode as well as the show in general um, and a little bit about his career. Um, our normal segments aren't here, which we are perfectly fine with because, um, yes. you know, we can tweet out what the six degrees of Paula Tompkins is. We could tweet out what, you know, our theories are for Alex Kirkovich as a secret murderer. Um, yeah. In this episode, we just really wanted to focus on Prentice and what he had to say. Our, our segments aren't around this episode, so we'll, we'll tweet yeah, we some do, of those. We do and, free talk. Yeah, free talk is basically what we do. We do some done. free talk, and it's fun. I mean, he, he engages in it, too. He totally jumps in. Mm -hmm. uh, we do a little bit of meta discussion of our, our segments and how we run the show, but overall, you know, he had, he had limited valuable time, and uh, we didn't want to keep him for the standard several hours that it takes to bust through the whole show, and then once we were done with the conversation, we kind of realized it wouldn't be uh, as, as good, I guess, for, for y'all to have to sit through a bunch of extra crap yeah, from us so, <laughs> after hearing that. <laughs> so we can, uh, you know, we, we can tweet that stuff without worrying about having it included in this episode. Um, for sure. So this is kind of a special episode of the Adios Amigos. It's not, it's not your Hashtag classic. very special episode. <laughs> it's not your classic, your good old classic ep. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a it's not a homestyle classic, <laughs> if you will. Um, we also want to announce uh, with with you know he heavy hearts ish um, that we're gonna take a little bit of time off. Uh, 
We promise that it's just going to bring our family closer together. It's not your fault, and it's not anything you did. Right. Um, it's just, you know, Beth, Beth and Melinda need to figure some stuff out. No. Um, uh, to be perfectly candid, I'm coming up on, on graduation, which is awesome, um, but also a lot. And, and I don't want to leave Beth all alone, and I also don't want to produce garbage because I'm stressed and don't have time. So uh, yeah. we both decided to take a bit bit of a bit of a personal personal minute um so we encourage you to keep you know keep sharing the show if you want uh review us on itunes if you feel like it we'll still be active on twitter um always and it's only for a few weeks it's not like we're taking a two-month break yeah, um this is a gonna yeah. be a short hiatus it's just something that we feel like if we have the opportunity to take time off to make it easier um on ourselves then we need to do so um Yes. That's us respecting, you know, what we want to do with this show and respecting each other's time and the end. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we, you know, we've we've powered through quite a lot on the show. We sure have. Um, the strain of the strain of South by Southwest. Beth having half a face. Uh, both of us being very sick at different times and having no voice. Uh, mm-hmm. Being very sick at the same time and having no voice. Including um, currently. Yeah, yeah, we both are a little bit fried uh, right now. <laughs> but, you know, we, um, through, all, through all the chills, thrills, and spills, you've been there with us. And uh, <laughs> just, I don't know. Basically what we're saying is uh, it's not goodbye. It's just smell you later. So we'll see you in a couple weeks. And um, we'll be back with really awesome, fun, fresh new stuff. Yeah. That will hopefully uh, be even better than what we're making right now. But yeah, so thank you so much for, for everything, uh, and we hope you really enjoy this episode. Yeah, we, we really, we love this episode. Good. It's a great conversation. We do. Um, yeah, and thanks again to Prentice Penny. We, we hope to, uh, you know, we hope this isn't the last time we talk to you, but thank you so much for coming on and all of that. I'm sure we thanked him a million times in the actual recording as well, but it's really fun. So without further ado, episode 211 Meet the Parrots, directed by Jay Chandrasekhar, written by Prentice Penny, Hulu description, uh, Hulu description, Dave's father comes to town with his new girlfriend, Penny's mother. Intrigue, go! Once upon a time, a network bought a show. Nielsen and the bear decided it had to go. We said it wasn't fair, so we started the show, and we became the Amigos, the Adios Amigos. Okay, so we are joined by Happy Endings writer Prentice Penny um, to talk about uh, Meet the Parrots, which you wrote, right? Yes, yes. I think it was second season. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and we uh, we love this episode. Um, we did have one question, though, covering season two. The, on IMDb, it gives Matthew and Daniel Libman story credits on, I think, every episode. What's that about? I don't know. IMDb can be funky. I don't know why. I don't know why sometimes <laughs> it does that or doesn't do that. None of that is like, you know, the, the story stuff is uh, for a TV show, like a sitcom. Is, I don't know. Why, again, I have no idea why it does that, but we're all obviously crafting stories. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah. That's okay, so funny. Well, I wonder if they like went in after to IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, 
Like, we helped with all these stories. We're going to get credit for all of them. It's fine. I wouldn't be surprised if those if, if brothers did that, though. <laughs> Um, well, that's that's definitely oh. a, a better explanation than than we could have come up with because we were just like, we we were just trying to find a reason of, of why they would have been done story by for every single episode. Yeah, we were we were really we were reaching. Yeah, because well, because obviously David Caspi is is credited as the showrunner for every episode on IMDb, so we were wondering if there was some kind of arc like that, but that's just okay. It's just one of those things, I guess. Yeah. It's just completely random. I have no idea why that's happening. (laughs) (laughs) So generally with an episode, we start by asking our guests their history with the show. And typically that's, you know, asking someone who's been viewing the show or maybe who, who acted in the show. We've had a couple of people who were on the show. Come on. Um, But tell us a little bit about how you got involved in your experience writing for happy endings. So I was writing on this uh, weird year of Scrubs. Like Scrubs had ended, mm-hmm. and um, they had oh. this amazing finale. And then they were like, you know what? <laughs> Let's make more of these. Let's get like another cash grab of a season. So it was this season where they were <laughs> medical. It was like it was this medical school year, and ironically, like the cast. I mean, you know, obviously it had like. Um, you know, uh, Zach Braff was in for a few episodes, and obviously we had John McGinley, and we had Dave, Donald Faison, and those guys, but we brought in new people, and now they're, like, huge stars. It's, like, Dave Franco and Carrie Bechet and Mike Mosley. And, right, yeah. Um, you know, and it was, like, you know, people who are huge, you know, extremely, you know, big stars now. And so um, I was on that, so it was on that season. So while, while I was on that season, there was another, one of our executive producers at the time, um, was uh, Jonathan Groff, who had a deal at ABC. Um, and because the show was on ABC and at through ABC Studios, he was on the show. So also around that time, uh, during pilot season, because um, David Cast was a new writer, he had the Happy Endings pilot when he got picked up. Um, they usually pair you with like a more seasoned showrunner if you haven't done television before. And right. Groff, be- because Happy Ending was through ABC and ABC Studios, and they put him with Jonathan Groff. And... Um, to, to, you know, help him run the show at the, at the pilot phase. And what happened was Groff, and t- this is very typical when you have a pilot is, you know, you have a table read with the, um, like the network and the studio and you usually have like your other writer friends come through and like help do punch up and add jokes and help you figure out where you need cuts and what's working, kind of what's not. And because we were already on, because I had worked with Groff and um, he thought I was good um along like myself along with some other um scrubs writers he asked can we come do punch up come to the table reads for the show um uh, for happy endings mm-hmm. and like just help do punch up so I, I was and um it was uh I remember telling my wife I was like because uh, he would he would keep asking me to come to these punch ups again along with some other writers that were on the show who ended up going on to the first season of Happy Endings, and my wife was like, "Do you have to go to all these?" I was like, "Look, this dude could give me a job, <laughs> so I'm going. If he calls me to go to the grocery store, I'm showing up." <laughs> and uh, and uh, sure enough, when Happy Endings got picked up, he said, it "Was like, you want to come on the show?" And I was like, "Of course!" And then that's how I got on the show. That's amazing. Wow. So have we been pronouncing David Casp's name wrong this entire time? Yeah, the E is the E is silent. The e is oh, silent. we are garbage. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> oh wow. Saying, saying, saying we're garbage is is a pretty accurate. <laughs> no, we we are bad. We are bad with last names. We have. I mean, we had we had James Kirkland on, who was on episode two of season one, 
And he, st- he said Annie Mebane and Steve Bazalone. And I immediately, like 30 seconds later, was like, Annie Mebane? And he was like, nope. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> We're bad with names. It happens. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Um, that's so funny because I, I remember that season of Scrubs so distinctly. And Eliza yeah. was on that, wasn't she? Eliza, yep. And that's how we actually got Eliza, too. That's incredible um but, but like the writers who were also like the writers who were with me on scrubs that ended up going to happy endings were like josh bicell leela strong mm-hmm. uh myself um uh i think there were a couple other uh to tell my head uh a couple other writers who went with us and then writers who we work with on scrubs that came over the second season like lon zimmett and dan rubin and you know so we had it was kind of like wow um, yeah, it was like, you know, again, a lot of people from that scrub staff and ended up coming over to the show. Wow, that's that's so cool. Yeah, um, that, that's a good atmosphere. <laughs> so this episode, uh, it was funny because when we contacted you, you wanted to talk about this one specifically um, of all the ones that you'd written. Is this is this your favorite that you've written or just a it? It's uh, uh, this one is one of my favorites, um, as is the girl with the David tattoo is one of my favorites. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so, which so, is the episode I, where you first heard our show, right? That was the one that. Yeah, I we... think that was the one where I first saw the thing. I was just like, I'm just always amazed at like how this little show of like 50 episodes is like still like hitting that people just yeah. love it, 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 you know it's like because you live in kind of a bubble a little bit in the writer's room of like of course what people like and you're just like wow like i've i've been a part of another show that had like a hard art and fan base and like this is the other one that's been like people are like yo this is like a big it, it the people who love it like love it and so it's nice to be a part yes. of that. yeah um, so this one, honestly, it's one of our favorites as well. Uh, and I think yeah. on, on my end, it's because it's such a joke a minute episode. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. It's, it's packed full of jokes. And, yeah. and even just watching this, I, I, uh, didn't even catch this like the first, I don't know how many times I've seen this episode, but when the parrot flies in and Brad yells, sweet Jack, Hey, what was that? I, like I'd never heard that joke before and died laughing like on this rewatch for this episode. So oh, that's, yeah, it's I so like, packed. Yeah. It's, it's one of the, it's, I also love it. It's one of my favorite ones because it, um, I grew up like, uh, like my parents were divorced. So there was a part of the episode that I just could relate mm. to just being like mm. a guy who's like, you know, has a dad and like brings home the step, like brings home the stepmom of it. Like that was a like. I mean, obviously, I'm not the only person who's whose parents are divorced, but sure. that was a part of the show that I was like, oh, from a, just like a, a human standpoint, I feel right. like I can empathize and write that, write that verse. Like my dad's been married four times, so I know what it's like when like a new wife comes home, and it's like, okay. oh, I gotta like know this person, and now I gotta <laughs> share my dick. Um, okay, that's cool, and. Uh, <laughs> But, but also that the that the that the opposite of that like the story with the bird was just so zany and crazy right with, <laughs> yeah like, other human story it was just so fun to like kind of have like oh because even even our show as as a ton of jokes as it is the one thing that we did always try to do is like what's the like and I think the pilot does as well is like what's the emotional through line of mm-hmm. the story that's what I think you yeah. that you always care about and so it was fun to go from like, even though those statements have a ton of jokes, I would, at least when I was writing them, I would always try to write them from like, what's the human part of day that's like upset or hurting about his dad and, and get, having to go to his childhood home and like all that stuff. And then coupled with 
then I could just like cut loose and write lines like Sweet Jacket, what was that? And uh, 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 like all the racist stuff the bird would say. Oh <laughs> like, man, that bird. That he's on the wire, like them, like just that crazy <laughs> of like her thinking that Chinese place is the wire, like the hookers with the wire and them going, like just all of that crazy stuff was just also fun to write. And then um, the actors just like totally just embraced um, Alicia Cupboard just em- embraced all of the crazy, like when she's eating, like with holding like the chicken foot, and like, <laughs> she would, and she just would run to all that stuff so great. And um, and you know, obviously Damon and Adam Pally are just like gold together. So yeah, uh, always, so, you know. So they were just so it was like, oh, you put those guys thinking that like there's a, a brothel being run across the restaurant across the street with this racist bird. Uh, it was just. <laughs> And, uh, yeah. it's so quirky and uh the one thing i have it in my notes but <laughs> i laugh so hard at how they keep calling it like it's always called the sex it's never like yeah. they're there to buy sex it's the sex <laughs> like that that kills me <laughs> yeah so uh yeah no it's it's hysterical and the thing that i loved was uh how many stars are in this like yeah. you have megan Mullally, oh. michael mckean ed bakley jr is yeah, oh my it was crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. and yeah, it was really. Um, and then like one of my one of my like good good friends plays the um, the dad of the home where Dave goes back. Oh, to so that's like a friend of mine since college. So it was just like a fun. Uh, again, so you cool. got Michael McKean, you got Megan Mullally. Oh yeah, all those people. You have Dave and Penny possibly being siblings. Um, and it, it was just fun yeah. to write. It was just, those things were just fun to write. Like I when I. Even to have like I had a jo- I wrote a joke in there where he goes Michael McKeon says, uh, you know by the black mall and and just to hear Michael McKeon say the black mall and then Damon go what what like what mall and then uh, just great to just hear him say the black mall. Um, yeah. <laughs> that joke is such an under the radar joke too. Like oh, it's so yeah. quick. It is. It's a, it's but, so oh man. Our, uh, like one of our executive producers, John- Jonathan Groff. He would just always start laughing, like in the at the table reads at the stuff at that joke specifically. Like, <laughs> the, there's always like the old rusty like old hotels by the black balls. <laughs> oh man, um, yeah. So it's funny because we on this show we call Megan Mullally secret spice. Yeah, <laughs> because we had a we had a guest a while back who joked that she's like. She's comedy is like secret ingredient where you can throw her in anything and she just elevates it. Um, yeah. and it's yeah, it's so like true. All, yeah, she she and and the the good thing was like I think like the first season this writer uh, amazingly talented writer Lila Shawn had the mm-hmm. first Megan Mullally episode, so she really like said. I mean, we obviously crapped this character mm-hmm. in the room, but like Lila who's on uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt right now is um, wow, yeah. totally <laughs> just like step, laid like an amazing foundation for like how she was going to be and the like just all, I mean, you know, she just made a great foundation of that character. So once she did that, it was just like, oh, th- oh, this is fun to do. Yeah, there were so many good callbacks. Uh, the singing yes, your feelings course. callback. Singing your feelings. It's fantastic. It's something <laughs> yeah. I think we all aspire to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh man. And then just the whole character of Big Dave is so well done. Um. He's he's so like charming and wonderful, and also just like then we'll have those moments like the black mall where it's like, wait, what? 
Um, yeah. But yeah. The the whole line of we used to we used to do that in tuxedos makes me laugh to no end. That was actually that was that was actually a Libman. I think the Libman brothers actually wrote that joke. <laughs> and it was it was weird because I remember we, we were in the writers' room and they came. Because um, it, it's very much you have to if you just read that on the page, you don't. It you might be like what? Because we were reading it. Right. Because uh, uh, like typically what would happen is on a rewrite we would always like there'd be a group doing the rewrite um, and then there'd be a group uh, like doing breaking more stories. And then there'd be another group that would just be like pitching jokes for um, the episode that we were rewriting. So let's say we were rewriting an episode and we just want to keep going. We don't want to stop. And we just say, Hey, we need a joke here, but we don't want to take time to pitch on it. Cause like we need to get to other stuff. We would send it to the joke room and we'd basically say like, look, we need a joke here. That's kind of maybe in this vein. But obviously, feel free to kind of do whatever. And mm-hmm. they wrote that joke, and we were reading that joke because then you just come in and you read them, and we were like, because it's such a long bit, you know, you, you really, and you're like, we'd read it, and we were like, we don't get it. It's not really, we, we don't get what's funny about it. And then they were like, let us act it out. And then once they, acted oh. out, it was like, oh yes, this is amazing. So uh, <laughs> they were like, we're, like we're putting that in immediately. So uh, so yeah, it just he and. Uh, Zach and Michael just kind of killed it. So, yeah. How much did you have to end up punching this episode up to get it to this level? Because there's so much. Gosh, um, so much. It, I, you know, like weirdly, it is. Um, I think, like, <coughs> I mean, all, I think all the bones structurally were there when I turned in my draft, and I want to say, like, it's also the one I'm excited about because I think a lot of what I originally wrote was there. I mean, we always oh, cool. punch up. Every, every, every script is punched up. And so right. it only gets like, and, and I would say typically like all of our writer drafts would come in just very strong, like just really, really strong. So, but they would only get like amazingly better because then you just have all the other people that have all different tones and styles mm-hmm. of the humor right. to really come in and like just add, make it even, you know, again, a million times better. And so, um, um, but the little nuggets of jokes that I had in my original draft, um, that I was just that I that I thought were funny, and then again, like you get like those like like that Libman bit where you're just like, oh, that's a million times funnier than what I wrote. So let's put that in there. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's so cool to see where like you're talking about all these writers with different tones. Like you know, Leela's on Kimmy Schmidt, and um, Annie Mebbin and Steve Bazelon are on the Goldbergs, and you're on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Correct? Is that? I left. I left. A, I've been on the. I was on Brooklyn the first two years, and then I left. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. My bad. To go, to go run a show for HBO, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm so sorry. Uh, yikes. Oh, no, it's fine. totally fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, you guys all, all went different places with your different voices, and it's been cool to see the landscape of television since Happy Endings ended and everyone was kind of like released into, um, back into kind of the pool of writers to see how these different shows have been elevated. Because Happy Endings to me was such a, a powerhouse, like to look back and see all these people in one place. It really was like we used to. It felt like we were like in kind of like a murderer's row. Like the people that were like, <laughs> "Oh, you're like, oh, like now, like Jonathan Groff is co-running Blackish with Kenya Barris and mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, Sierra Ornales. Yeah, like Sierra Ornales is now in Brooklyn Nine Nine, and um, same uh, like Jackie Clark has done like a, a bunch of different things, and she was on Undateable, and she was on. Um, a, a few other, obviously a bunch of other things, and Gil Ozeri was on that staff, and the Lemon Brothers. Gil Ozeri. Uh, to do Bad Teacher, and and, um, and they were on Dr. Ken recently, and they have a deal with Sony, and Lila Strawn, and Lon Zimmon, and 
um, Danny Chun and um, wow. Gail Lerner, who's on Blackish and who was on, you know, it's like, um, you know, again, just a ton of talented, <clears throat> talented people. It's so funny that, that you're talking about Blackish because we, there was a joke a few episodes back that I believe it was a, like, half black is God's Photoshop or something like that. And, mm-hmm. and we, we heard that joke and we were like, could you get away with saying that now on TV? And we all immediately went, well, I, I feel like Blackish would make that joke. It's funny to see how many writers are on Blackish now because it, it very much felt like a joke that, that would work there, but probably yeah. wouldn't work on a lot of sh- other shows now. Right. So. Yeah. And I, you know, and I think it was too like the, it's like the, I, yeah, I totally agree. I don't know if we could make, uh, like we had a joke and one thing where it was like, uh, I'm, where I was talking about opening up a black circus called Ringling Brothers for Brothers. And, uh, <laughs> and, 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 uh, cause I, I think, uh, and then another writer added, uh, it's gonna be the greatest great on earth. And I remember even in the room, oh my God. Writers, I remember when one of the writers pitched it, I was like, I laughed literally out loud. And then I said, wait, hold the fuck up. What? Like, I was, and then I was like, it's funny, man. It's funny. And, uh, <laughs> and, and actually it was funny because then what, cause what my response in the room is what actually Brad, we wrote my response is Brad's response when he goes, oh, wow. everybody laughs, goes racist. Because <laughs> he, he laughs. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, that was my response in the room. I was like, ha you're all racist. And we all laughed because it was like, oh, let's put that response in there too. <laughs> so That's just like, things like that happen in the room that we would just end up putting it in the show. We were like, oh, that should happen. Oh, that's amazing. That is that is such a classic moment too from the show. That's yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what a good story. <laughs> I, I also I love how like how much you guys kept up with pop culture because it like watching it now it's such a throwback. Yeah. Like in this episode, um, <laughs> Kel Scandell, Kel Scandell, Judy Moody or whatever he says, Kel Scandell. Uh, he references like the Judy Moody and the Not Bummer Summer, which is like a movie <laughs> that no it. one's thought about in like five years. Yeah, so, yeah, things like that. Yeah, I I think in like I'm wondering in like six years, people are watching Happy Endings episode and go, "What the fuck are these people talking about? What are these references that like don't nobody knows or talks about?" Uh, So I'm curious. Like even the Wire. Yeah, but even the Wire. I feel like like, people don't talk about the Wire like they used to. Oh, but like that was it. That was still because the wedding the wire was still on. It was like the last season of the yeah. wire. Like, yeah, yeah. So it was like even if you missed or if you didn't miss the wire, you were like people were still talking about it. So that's what I was about to um, say. Yes, I mean totally, totally. It was it was before Breaking Bad usurped the wires, the thing no one could shut up about. Yes, exactly. It was like that. It was. I always feel like white people love the wire. Like white people love. <laughs> that's uh, so true. It really is. It's it's, it's very true. Talking about like the wire. yep yeah that that i think will hold up for a lot longer than expected though long (laughs) after the wire is gone (laughs) like i love i think people talk about why bernie sanders won't win and the wire that's like (laughs) no that's all we got (laughs) that 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 and that and uh that and whether whether the oscars this year were too white or not because everyone had an opinion on that. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh boy. Oh. <laughs> so thank you for showing us Michael McKeon and soy skinny jeans. Oh, <laughs> because <that> was... <laughs> what? 
It was an important was, moment for all what? of us. He just embraced all it. Like, he was just so... I mean, you know, I was just a huge fan of Spinal Tap growing up. Oh, yeah. You know, like, he was just such a, you know, like a funny... I mean, everything he did, he would just take a line and then just do it. He was just like, I didn't even see the line like that. And you just, like, it's... Yes, of course the line should be like that. That's, you know, you didn't, you didn't have to really give him a... You didn't have to give him a lot of... He yeah, he's a champ. Yeah, he's. I mean, come on, just come on. Yeah, <laughs> he's, legend, he's an all-time. He's an all-time favorite of mine. As I mean, for you know, a lot of people who love comedy, obviously he's. Oh yeah. He's up there, but yeah, he's he's an all-time fave. Um, so seeing him, I I love him in this role. I love him as Big Dave. I think, I I can't imagine a better person to play, um, Dave's dad. I mean, I think. Mm-hmm. It really is like perfect casting because they have great chemistry, and I mean his his chemistry with Megan Mullally is flawless. Like it just he was a perfect. Cast. Yeah. 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 yeah they're, they're like romantic chemistry, sexual chemistry, or whatever is just on. Yeah, yeah it's on. It really it's is. so good. Yeah, and it was just fun to think about. Like, was he always trying to like? Was he always kind of scoping? Did he stop? <laughs> <laughs> Dana ended his marriage. Exactly. Yeah, their couple name is still Dana. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, they were just again. It's just like because I grew up with him from like Laverne and Shirley, so I didn't even know. Right. Like, mm-hmm. Spinal Tap was, you know, I was like, I was, I'm 41, so it was like Spinal Tap. I was, I just wasn't aware of it when I was a kid, kid. Yeah. You know, I didn't know him from Laverne and Shirley, and so. I was like, oh, he's funny on the show. But I was talking, you know, it's funny. Oh, him and Squiggy, they're funny. And then when I yeah, I know Tap, I was like, oh, shit. He's even more funny than, like, what I could have. Th-. And then I just was like, oh, well, he's, you know. And then you just learn the rest of the stuff as you get older. And you're just like, oh. Right. Yeah, well, he was he was amazing, too, on uh, Family Tree. Which I was a, a show he did, I guess. Yeah, it was uh, it was on I believe Irish or British uh, HBO, whatever their equivalent is. It was one of their, it was premium, um, but it was Chris O'Dowd as a guy who was trying to figure oh, out. Oh, that's heritage. right, I remember that. Yeah, and yeah, Michael yeah. McKeon played his yeah. dad with like a flawless British accent. It was so good. Awesome. Anyway, <laughs> he also like I on Saturday Night Live, like he's also like that's a big. Thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that. That's one of the first places my mind goes with him, um, because that's just who I am. Um, but he did. I mean, he did like he did like Jimmy Carter and um, I'm trying to think. Of, I, I think Bill Clinton and he he did at some point a yeah. lot for his short time there. And his the episode while he where he hosted is like a choice episode of, of SNL. So. Yeah, he's he's definitely he, he lives in my brain. Everyone around him. That's true. Yep. It's yep. he really does. Yeah, he's great. The line, uh, "Stop, baby, broing me," or not, Johnny Johnny drama. Um, <laughs> I laughed because Gil Ozeri wrote for the show, and Gil Ozeri did the uh, Entourage-a-thon. Yeah. <laughs> about a year ago yeah. now, and yeah. I I just I was like, it's yeah, Entourage jokes are always good. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're always. Uh, yeah, and I think yeah, I think there was like a joke room pitch where somebody was like, "Stop, baby, bro, me, you're not Johnny Drama." Uh, we like we were huge, <laughs> like, we were huge entourage, uh, 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 
well, how should you say, uh, connoisseurs of this show? But uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say connoisseurs. I would say like opinion makers about our, right, like, like hate hate watchers. Yeah, not even. Uh, I don't want to say. <laughs> like you uh, liked it, it but just, you didn't want to like it. I don't know, but it was even. I don't, we just wouldn't have comments about that ride. Uh, <laughs> But there was one writer in our show that was always, and again, it it was great. It was like great at what it did. You know, it was like a Maxim page, like come to a television show. It was like, it was great. It did what it did. Um, And and the the people that liked it, liked it, you know? No, I mean. Yeah, no, they they still do. It's not for everybody. Um, But I'm saying what it did well, like in the same way that Happy Endings is, right? It's like Happy Endings. It, it hits a group of people and it hits an audience that like likes that, you know? Absolutely. There, there, there are some people who don't like happenings for the sake of like, there's just too many jokes. It's too fast. Um, yeah. And the yeah. same thing is the same way that people like the, the Entourage fans go hard for Entourage. And that's good because that means it's like, it's speaking to them and every show doesn't have to speak to everybody. I mean, that's sort of absolutely. The, the so it's not, a, it's not a like a thing. It was just like, you know, it does what it does. It's, it does what it does well. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like it, mm-hmm. what, it, what Entourage is trying to be, it does it well. It knows what it's trying to be. So I think that's, you know, so I don't ever like to. That's, that's actually I, a very, very wise uh, thing to say. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that here. Cause I think sometimes we get a little bit catty about TV. So <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a very, it, really, really taking us down a peg in like a really good way. So thank you. <laughs> but no, I think that that's true. It's like, we can all like, we can every like, you know, like uh, somebody else might think, like, "Oh, uh, this show is too broad, or this show is too mm-hmm. like too okay. weird, or this show." It's like that's the beauty of it. It's like you don't have to watch it, and you can watch. You cannot com- It's like you you don't have to comment on it. You know what I mean? On everything. It's like if it's not for right. you, it's not for you, and that can that's just fine. But for other people, it's for other people, and that's yeah. why. Um, you know, there's 8,000 channels to watch. <laughs> so, so, that's so, true. Right. Well, and that's something that we've we've been talking about particularly a lot uh, lately um, with, you know, trying to start up our own project is that, you know, there are so many ways to watch, you know, to watch content. There are so many ways um, Uh to put out content. So, and that is true. I mean, we're, we're in a really special time for, for TV and um, where TV isn't just on your TV anymore. And uh, you can really find, I mean, there's something for everybody out there. Um, yeah, like you said, there's 8,000 channels, there's a billion places on the internet. It's, you know, you can find something that you like and avoid the things you don't like. That's, that's absolutely true. Yeah. And then the things that, the things that you don't like, cause they don't get hired or talk about, cause we pro- probably loved them. <laughs> <laughs> cause we, we exclusively like canceled television. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Almost. Um, and interestingly enough, like, I, like there are shows that when they were on the air that I was like, oh, I'm not into that. And then, right, right. like, I didn't even watch Breaking Bad until, like, the last season. And then I just started, I was like, let me just watch. Because I was just like, I don't know. And then um, I just said, I'll just start watching them. And then, like, online. And then I would, and then the fun thing was I got to watch them all together, like, fast. Oh, yeah. I, like, yeah. the show's amazing. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, sometimes <laughs> there are things you're not, like, you're not into or checking for at the time for whatever reason. And then you go back and you're just like, oh, shit. <laughs> this is such a right. great show. Um, yes. Why have, I, why have I been watching this? Uh, so I, I just think, like, hey, y'all's got to be open because you never know what you're going to be into. Yeah, and for the record, I mean, uh, we've had a lot of guests on, a lot of them, you know, being people who are some way, in some way involved with, with writing or comedy, 
And a lot of them had never heard of happy endings or they'd heard of it, but never watched it. And they what watched the either all the way, <laughs> either all the way. No, no, I'm getting to a good place. Hang, hang tight. <laughs> they watched either just the episode that they came on to talk about. Cause we talk straight through episodes and we have bits and stuff. And oh, okay. um, they either watched just the one we asked them to, or they were troopers like our mm-hmm. buddy, Alex Sanchez, all of them. He came on for like season two, middle of season two, something uh, his episode isn't out yet at this point, but he watched both seasons and kept going. And we were like, yeah. did you like it? He was like, oh, I loved it. I devoured it. He's like, it's amazing. Where has it been? Like, and and like to us, that's so cool because it's like people are discovering things now because of Hulu and because of Netflix. <laughs> and they're going, yeah, I saw it. I just, I never watched it when it was on. And now I'm obsessed with it. So. That's good. And I kind of, it's kind of cool. I mean, obviously you would want the show to go a long time, but it's kind of cool that there's just like 50 something of them. Like there's like, there's like a real tight. Right. Number. Like yeah. you, once you watch those, that's it. And I always feel like, because our show has like a bunch of jokes that like, you always go back and go, Oh shit, wait, I didn't even, that's what they were saying at that point. Or Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and it's like Melinda said, we've seen these episodes multiple times ourselves. And too yet, many every times probably. Time, yeah. Too many, <laughs> too many is the right word. Um, but every time I go back and watch, for, you know, for the podcast to make notes every single time I catch new things. Um, there, I don't, there hasn't been a single episode that I haven't been blown away by a joke, um, that I didn't notice before. So yeah. It's... Or that like, or that we misheard. <laughs> That's true. That's there was, true. there was one from the episode, uh, Grinch's be crazy. Uh-huh. Where the line, it was like a little boy on, on Max's lap, and he goes, oh, that's Gary. It's his mom's boyfriend. And he goes, he has back problems. <laughs> and for some reason, every time I'd heard that joke, I heard he has a backpack. <laughs> and we're, we're recording it. And everyone's like, everyone's like, no, that's not what he's saying. <laughs> and uh, it, it turned into a whole other thing. <laughs> but that's yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's. It's this happy endings is on level with uh with 30 rock in that way of like you'll always catch something yes um because it is it is so packed full of jokes and the jokes are good like i mean you guys were not a lazy writer's room every joke is is good um it needs to be there i i've yet to hear a joke that was like they could have gone without that joke that's that's what it is it's not just that the jokes are good it's that the jokes needed to be there um yeah yeah that's true um, so yeah, because of that, like I, I was so excited to rewatch the show to do the podcast for that exact reason. Um, cause this is probably my fourth time watching through it since it aired. I mean, you know, it, it has that rewatchability factor, which is why it's doing so well on Hulu. Yeah. Um, yeah, it has that new life, which is incredible. Well, and it did well in, in reruns on VH1 and wherever else. Yeah, too. it did. Yeah. So we have one question about, well, actually, I have, we have two questions because we've, we've discussed this and we, we promised ourselves we'd ask you two things. The first, uh, was Penny Hearts named after you? No, Penny was named uh, before, like, he had written that character oh, okay. uh, in, in just the pilot phase. So it's so funny that people always say that. People always ask that and I just go, no, 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 it was way before me. Uh uh, I would love to take credit for that, though. I would love to be. <laughs> I would love to be David Casp all the time to think of me as a beautiful, lovely white woman. That's awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm guessing though, Rob Kirkovich wasn't a coincidence. The the Rob Kirkovich. Yeah, the connection with the Kirkovich sisters and Rob Kirkovich's name is that was that also a coincidence or was that? No, that was that was that was um, 
No, that was after. So we did that. Them okay. 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 <laughs> it was one of those I was gonna where, say like, that. Have, like, there's one of those things like sometimes in TV because you have to like in the pilot you don't have to do this as much because you don't really you may not say last names but we were right. getting ready to right. say last names like we knew it was Brad Williams we knew um, uh, I don't know if we had the other names but we needed to clear names and sometimes names the way the clearance works is like you have there has to be more like if you say Alex like it has to be either broad enough where it's like Alex Green um, or you know like where, where there are thousands where there's thousands or there's like if there's like six then you can't clear that name so, right, right. so you, or you have to be so specific that there that doesn't even exist so sometimes it's just easier to pick something that's like doesn't even exist so we just picked Kirkovich because it was like there's no way that there's an Alex and Jane Kirkovich out there right. um, and there wasn't so it was like great let's just clear that yeah Kirkovich hyphen Williams is not a, yeah. a name you hear a lot yeah. Okay, well, uh, the second question is, and this is this may sound a little bit petty, but it, it's a genuine question. In this episode, uh, there's a brother-sister dynamic with Penny and Dave that Penny's kind of trying to force as, as Dave is reluctant to just the whole situation. Um, but in other episodes, like uh, The Shrink, The Dare, The Date, and Her Brother, there's like a romantic aspect to to penny and dave's relationship and what's your take on that so the original the original cast i think his original thing was always to have this thing sort of playing in the background of and um did was there ever a time uh that out penny and dave were flirty or had interest in each other just as a i think he always liked that idea of the, that possibility of that mm-hmm. being sort of thing in the background um and uh, especially once they had broken up and we had, we had gone really back and forth in the writer's room a lot about, um, and I think it had, we gone on to more, um, seasons, we probably would have tried to explore that. Um, okay. so we, um, we're always talked about that back and forth. How much do we lean into that? Do we want them to go down this road? Do, does mm-hmm. the audience want to be Dave and Alex back together? Like, does the audience kind of maybe want to see Dave and Penny together? Like, we had sort of, in the way that, like, and and we never talked about this consciously. I'm just, I'm really just thinking about it now. But in the same way that, like, I guess on Friends, like, with, um, like, Rachel and Joey or Rachel and Ross and that kind of dynamic. But then we right. also did want to go, we, we, we also... I don't think wanted to like feel like then you would feel like oh if they started dating how does that like we never wanted that to like upset the apple cart of our show like because that really wasn't what our show was about it really wasn't about our yeah. is there this triangle that kind of exists it's we weren't really trying to really explore that and does that make penny icky and then like it, are, are the, penny can't get <laughs> anybody outside of like the person that's in her own friendship circle it was so it was the thing that we always talked about a lot about this about the penny like we never wanted penny to feel sad we always wanted penny to feel every choice she made it was her choice she was empowered by her choice even if it was a bad choice she never was doing a yes. choice like pathetic or we never wanted right. her to get in that territory because it was it could be easy to, for her to do that um and we you know because she was the one that was kind of like jane was married Alex is, you know, Alicia Cuthbert, obviously she's Alicia Cuthbert, so you already have that factor. So we never wanted the character to feel like she was second fiddle to, like, right. the, the Jane of that. So we, it was something that we always to- toyed with, and I think maybe by meet the parent, I'm, I'm not sure where we sort of settled on that, 
but in this episode, we kind of just didn't want to touch that or kind of maybe address the things that maybe we had started to set up or toy with, because I think it was something that we were always conflicted with. So that's probably why tonally you might be like, wait, I thought this, but then in this episode, they're like this. And, but later they might be more like this. So it was a thing that we right. were always vacillating with. So that's probably why you sort of see some unevenness about that storyline, because we were kind of always kind of going back and forth with it. That makes perfect sense. That's so good. We've been speculating (laughs) since, I guess, midway through season one um, about this issue. And it's been, I don't know. And that's that's kind of the answer I was hoping for, I guess, in a way, because it seemed like it seemed like that was what was what was happening. But we weren't sure, you know. Yeah. And and also, yeah. And also the other thing was because we talked about this, we can talk about this in this episode where. Oh, because um, originally, I don't know if when we were start, first started talking about the story, cause, just because it's been so long, if we were just going to have it be just Dave, Dave's dad brings home just a random lady, and it was uh, just going to be that. And then it was, oh, but, like, what if it's Penny's mom? And then, like, oh, then that became, like, a funny thing. And then, like, but then we said, oh, what about the Penny? And then it was, because we originally... I think we even once we said on Penny's mom, then it was like, oh, well, are they both against it based on maybe how they're feeling or this thing that could exist possibly between them? But then it sort of made both of them be anti the story and it kind of gave them both the same drive, which wasn't fun either because then they're both negative. Right. And it was like, but then whose story is it? So we were like, it should be Dave's story. So we just say, like, let's make Penny all for it, that she's never had a, she's never, you know, it's just always been she and her mom. She's never been, like, had a dad or a family in that way um, or a brother. So she's really excited about the possibility of, like, all of her parents being together. And because she's so close with her mom and she would just want her mom to be happy, um, but Dave could be petulant and, you know, be in that way. So we were just like, you know, let's just make Penny be like embrace the little, like the little brother of it all. And then Dave is the one that has, cause then it's clear whose story we're following. So then it, that's sort of how mm. we set on that. Well, that's and you're great. right that the, the dynamic is a lot better with, with them in opposite directions than it would be if they were both against it, because that's, yeah. that's true that there would be too much negativity and, and um, cynicism there. And, um, I think also, I mean, because we've discussed before, I don't know if it was on air or off air, but, um, you know, we're, <laughs> we're both people who, who love the Penny and Dave dynamic. And um, we talked mm-hmm. about how we, we almost read her leaning way into the little brother storyline as her trying to offset her feelings. So, I mean, I, I feel like if you, if you look for the, the Penny and Dave storyline, it like, you can make it appear. It's there. Um, yeah. yeah. So I mean, so it's interesting to me that you that you say that, and yeah, that's that, that really is kind of the ideal answer. I agree with Melinda. But your thought, I think, it could also be very much completely true as well. That she could have right. been like mentally just trying to like maybe block that part out totally. I think all of those. I think that's a very viable thing that she could have been that mm-hmm. she could have been doing if she was a real person. <laughs> totally. Right. No, I was just saying in the room. In the room. It was just us kind of always being conflicted about right. how we lean into that or or not. Um, I was just gonna say because in the end of the previous episode, Alex and Dave kiss, like they just kissed. Yes. So yeah. like starting this episode, it's not like Alex and Dave don't really have screen time. He really doesn't confide in Alex on this issue. She's busy with you know 
the the wire and the parrot and the sex. So having having uh, Penny do that, I I think is a very interesting choice. Um, yeah, and even with the Dave's, even with the the Alex stuff, it's like we wanted to sort of start parsing that out slow. Also, like we didn't want it to because that was the because we were like, oh, would he go to Alex and would he want to talk about this? And we also just felt like you know what, once we start going down that because we were starting building to getting to a finale-ish place too about sort of addressing them and yes. talking about them. And so we were like, you know, it was like, oh, we'll just, because one of the things we didn't want is to feel like, oh, because I think the episode Meet the Parrot is like episode 14 or something. So we were like, okay, we have yeah. you know, eight more episodes of this. So we have to sort mm-hmm. of like eat this out slow. You know, we can't just like dive completely back in. We're like, oh, the very next episode, we're showing them like, because then it's just like you're just waiting again for that to happen and so it was like let's yeah, just totally. sort of not lean into that right now just sort of like baby step this out yeah and uh for the record it's season two episode 11 oh it um, is wow so which we early. usually yeah. yeah so we normally uh start the show by saying what what number it is we just wanted to dive right in i, I should have said it at the beginning but yeah it's episode 11 um and did this season air in order because i know the first one story order and episode order were different two two aired aired, aired in the way we broke them okay good one one did not one was sort of bouncing because like in one yeah they it totally bounced around a few episodes like my episode my first episode that i wrote was why can't you read me and then that didn't even air. I don't even know if that was in the original cycle of air or it aired much later. Because it was yeah, they aired, aired as a bonus in, in, in October. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, See how do black people? See how oh, they do black people? Yeah, I do think season two is like a good because you know, like any first season of a show, you're trying to like figure out. Yes. Um, you're trying to figure out the tone. You're trying to figure out like what's enough, what's not enough, like what's too much, what's what can these actors do well? What can't they? What's not? Are they not as strong at who? Who pairs well together? Who mm-hmm. who is like a weird pair? But maybe we need to see that weird pair. Like there was one episode. I think it was. I don't know if it was mine or not. But we were like, we need to do a, a Brad Alex because we were like, that's his sister-in-law. But they never. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And we sort of addressed the awkwardness that they don't hang out. Um, and we were like, we just need to, so there were times when we were like, we need to just pair, because again, it was very easy to start being like Dave Alex or, um, Br- you know, uh, Brad, Brad Mag. I mean, it was, it was like, because those were just like, oh, it's very easy to see how those all connect. Yes. Uh, but we were like, well, we can't that's just do something, that. That's something that I always really respected about um, the first season of Happy Ending specifically, because you guys did, you guys were very quick to 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 break off into those weirder pairs um we talked a lot about we love the episode where it's uh penny and um and brad together girl with the david tattoo girl with the david tattoo penny and brad are at lunch together for some reason oh we love that we love that because yes where she has an allergic reaction right yeah it's so important to explore i mean that's something that when you look at the other other shows where it's about a group of friends, you know, people immediately compare it to How I Met Your Mother and Friends and, and all of those shows. Um, Whatever. But, right. Well, and the comparisons, frankly, the comparisons are pointless because it's those are all very, very different shows. And yet it will always be said, if there's a group of friends, critics right. are always going to go, it's just it's friends. friends. 
It's friends. Um, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, to quote to quote James Kirkland, it's just friends. It's just friends. It's just friends. Um, but yeah, and and but the fact is that it's not. But but even even those other shows yeah. didn't didn't explore those other dynamics where frankly there's a comedy gold mine. I mean, Brad yeah. and Penny are hilarious together. You have Brad and Alex. You have the the pairings that that aren't the ones that spring to mind immediately and they make max and jane such good stuff. max and jane yes it's it, in the shrink the dare the date and her brother max and jane going head to head is everything that i think you know we didn't know we needed but right. it's, yes. it's so worth it <laughs> yeah it's it, incredible it, it, and, that, yeah. and that really is like a i think that really is just a testament to like really just casting like because again like you could take all those same scripts right and all these same like the way that you sort of craft the characters and then with completely different actors and you'll get a completely different response. And it was just something like really like, again, I know our show doesn't in the world of like top hundred shows, our show isn't going to, you know, it's, if it's in the hundred, it's definitely in the back compared to like to friends and mash and cheers and the way that people think about shows like that. Um, but I think again, with all those shows and any great show is like, if those group of actors don't come together and like, really embrace these characters and make their characters their own and um it was just really like an embarrassment of like riches in terms of how talented all those actors were you know in terms of like taking what we wrote and then just like making it a thousand times funnier and a thousand times better um because you could literally put anybody like by the end we were not afraid to put any people right like we were like oh it doesn't matter like and that's what you want you want to feel like you can just tell stories and not be like oh but this actor doesn't have, is similar to this actor or this character and mm-hmm. um you know where it's like mm-hmm. on this show we would just be like it doesn't matter they're all gonna be awesome together it literally doesn't fucking matter yeah well that's true and what the funny thing about you saying that like of crediting the actors so much having listened to interviews and stuff they immediately jumped to crediting you guys uh, as the writing staff so it it really is it this show is a, a perfect example of those two things working together um to create that that strong group dynamic that i mean frankly the group dynamic of happy endings is is one of the best group dynamics i think in television i mean that's not just me saying that i i fully believe that partially due to the staff partially due to the actors um but yeah it really is it's so strong in terms of that and that's something that I miss having new episodes of it for for that exact reason. Yeah, it was um, Miss Willis is where it was like obviously like um, just a huge amount of trust in in terms yeah. of like we like we would always get what was on the page because we were like we know this is gonna work and then we'd always give them takes to be like hey try something else or mm-hmm. this, it might say like can we try can I try saying this and then we would say yeah fuck it try it. And then, or they would say, hey, I'm thinking of a joke like this, but I don't have it. And we kind of work on it together and figure right. out something like, oh, that seems funny. Or they would just do something in the moment and that would just be funny. Like, um, it was one of the only shows that um, typically I hate being on set because I just hate, I love the writer's room and I love mm-hmm. editing. The set is just like, yeah. I, I don't love being there, especially it's like I'm just sitting and waiting and doing it 5,000 right. times. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> on, this show, on this show, it was I loved being on set every time it was my episode because I would do it was just gonna be hilarious. Like I was just like it's gonna be so fun. Uh, sometimes it's a lot of pressure of just like trying to get it right. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, but for for this show, it was just always a ball to just be down there. 
Yeah, That's I had incredible. a. I, I have a question just for you, just as a writer. Um, I had a sitcom professor who used to always say, you know, PTJ to actors. He'd be like, protect the joke. And whenever someone would improvise around a joke, he would just get really mad if it was his material. And I'm just wondering, like, I mean, obviously on Happy Endings, you seem to think the actors elevated it. But what's your general what's your general feel on that with your own work? My general feel, and I don't I have this I have this I have this thought uh, regardless if it's anything I wrote or I'm on set for covering another writer. I feel like tell I feel like because we spend so much time crafting it and also sometimes the actors don't necessarily know what we have planned going forward they're just in because as actors they're just focused on what's on their what's on the what's what's right now right right when you're when you're the writer mm-hmm. covering the show you're privy to next episode and the rest of the season possibly and where they're going so if they do a line in a certain way that that emits a or, uh, emits a different emotion or something you may be like no don't do it that way because that implies one thing and we don't want to imply that we want to wait for episode three or the three episodes from now where we will want to show that. So, so sometimes we're privy to information that we're like, we need to get it a certain way. Right. So there's that part of it. Yeah. And two, like you're also, and two, look, you're also beholden to the creator and executive producer, the the producer of the show. So you, when you're a writer down there, you're just wanting to make sure you're getting it. Like you never, like you don't want the, the, cause most of the time the creators are not on set. They're usually back in the room or in editing or doing something else. What you don't want to have is to have to answer why didn't you get the take this way? Why isn't he saying the line like this? Right. And, then, and now you're like, you have to face the music on that, right? So you, there's this balancing act of wanting to make sure the actors are comfortable and the actors are heard, but also you have another master to serve as well, right? You have the big person for the show. So yeah. my sort of thing is like, look, let's always get it the intention of the, now if it's, let's get it always this way. And afterwards, once we have it and it's gotten, we can play with it or with it completely. Um, yeah. But I, but the the sort of like the emergency hatch to me is always if a scene just isn't working or if a scene just like isn't playing or there's something that seems weird or hinky that the actor's like I just don't understand it or I just can't get it or I'm having a hard time connect sometimes I'll just ask well what is I, I want to understand what's in their head about what they aren't connecting to then I right. like share information of like because mm-hmm. I, I want them to figure it out like uh, you know and I want us to try to figure it out I, I might share more information with them or give them and give them more things about why sometimes it's just them understanding want to understand why we why i can't do it this way or why do i have to do it this way um if mm. they if they have a hard problem with it so sometimes i might share more information i might say oh well the reason why is this or the reason why is that so if you say it this way now and if they still have a hard time connecting i'll say well look if it's not per se a, a joke thing or if it's a story thing like, well, let's figure out a way that makes it work for you that can still maintain kind of the integrity of what we're trying to do. Um, or let's find like a new joke for this thing, or let's find a version of this that kind of makes sense for you. And usually I have never been in a situation where like, we haven't, after all of that, we still haven't figured it out or got it. And usually if it's like, and I've also never been in a situation where if I went upstairs and said, look, they're having a hard time connecting to this, or I might email them from set and say, look, Mm-hmm. We kind of wanted to change this joke, or I've never been in a situation where I didn't have the ability or the sort of after all of that, after and after I would explain all that to my showrunner, that it was a problem. You know what I mean? Like at that point, it's kind of not I've done everything I can sort of do, 
Um, and sometimes I'll say, hey, I, I've, had, I've only had one situation where I was like, hey, you need to come down and just sort of like help talk this out because it's your, you know what I mean? Like where it was not quite working in that way. So um, after all, all of that, usually we you find a solution, but I've never been just like, um, I'm always like, let's get it how it's written. Always that. And then once we do that, let's figure it out and let's try to play and um, see what else might come out of it. Because usually I, I have found that when you just full on, because you, you can't improv story, right? You can't improv. Right. right. You, you can improv a joke. You can improv like a thing. Full on, you. It's hard to. It's hard to keep because it's hard to improv story because then the other person has to know what story you're trying to tell, right? And then yes. be funny. And then there's if there's four people in a scene, everybody's trying to like be quick and whatever. So I have found that usually those takes don't usually work because they're kind of like a mess because mm -hmm. you, there's no narrative you're following. Like the reason why you can, the reason why what I have found is if you're doing a story, like you're doing the scene and the actor does one joke or one thing that's different than the joke that was there, but then this rest of the story keeps going, that's usually the moment that will take that. That's the, that's usually the improv that will work because it's kind of the spontaneous off of the story and they're just in the moment figuring it out and then it comes mm -hmm. to them as opposed to like full on improving scenes, usually that doesn't quite play as well um, in editing right. because it's right. kind of like, it does, cause it doesn't usually match the tone and the feel of the stuff you shot before it, right? It's usually a little bit more yeah. off the cuff. So it may not work with the narrative um, as well in the same way, but usually when they do, they may turn or make a look or walk away or do a joke or do a move or something that's in the middle of the story that's just funny usually that's the stuff that you're like oh that line was improv or that thing was usually it's those types of things versus like oh i just we just improv the whole thing all right so thank you so much for joining us of and course. taking time out of your day um <laughs> uh is there anything that you would like to plug for yourself um ooh, i have a mixtape dropping can i yeah. say I'm, I'm <laughs> uh no, I do not have a mixtape dropping. Uh, um, don't think I'm working on right now. <laughs> I have, uh, I'm sure running a, a show for HBO uh, with this amazingly talented writer named Issa Rae. Um, uh, she had a web series called uh, Awkward Black Girl um, that has like a, a huge following. She put a book on the same name. And um, so we shot the pilot for it cool. last year, um, last September for HBO. And then we got picked up like a couple weeks later. And then uh, we start filming May first, May second. Uh, we start shooting the pilot. Cool. We start shooting the, the other eight, the seven episodes, and we'll air either late fall or next spring, maybe. Uh, we don't have an official air date yet, but I would imagine it'll sort of fall in that time with HBO. Wow, right now, you say that so casually. <laughs> like, oh well, yeah, I'm just running a show at HBO. It's fine. <laughs> well, it's always a weird. That's day. awesome. You never want to like be like, oh, I, it's like I'm doing. I feel I just feel very blessed and humbled to be able to do that. So it's like I don't know. It's weird. That's, it's weird talking about yourself. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, she she is just lovely. Yeah, I I've seen her, uh, the web series and yeah, she's she's lovely. So I'm excited. Right. I'm really right. excited for that. I think I think it's gonna be yes. good. Yes, uh, we'll, we'll be watching for sure. And there's a ton of more, there's a ton, you know, her stuff is always like about dressing race and culture yeah. and how, mm -hmm. all that type of stuff. So whatever you missed on Happy Endings Race Wise, strap the fuck up. Because it's we definitely <laughs> over here. That's, that's very, uh, that's a great hook, honestly, for the show. It's like, yeah. did you like the race stuff and Happy Endings? Because, yeah, it, it's great. Uh, 
So anyway, um, yeah, so that's awesome. Thank you so much. We will be sure to tune into that. And uh, have a wonderful day. You too. Yeah, thank thank you, you so much. Of course. Anytime, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> See ya.